You're listening to Casey Forum with Kathy Quinn. Public affairs with an entertaining spin. Hey everyone, Kathy Quinn here, Fox 4 News. Yep, it's our podcast, Casey Forum. Public affairs with an entertaining spin. And speaking of entertainment... Halloween would not be the same without our haunted houses in the West Bottoms and without Amber. Yeah, her family started it decades ago. We are going to learn the secrets behind the haunts. The Wyandotte Angels will join us for this podcast. They do some great, great work. We did a pay it forward with them not too long ago. First up, though, it is my honor to bring on Daniel Brazell from Team Fidelis. Daniel, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks, Kathy. Excellent. What are you doing right now? I'm actually on my way back from uh, Paola. Oh, oh, wow. So did you, what did you hand out? What? Okay, so Team Fidelis is something that is very close to your heart before I get off on all of this kind of stuff because we did a live shot with you last week and you were putting packets together for veterans. Is that right? Yes, ma'am. And actually these packets are putting together for the Marine Reserve Unit in Belton. Aha. And did you deliver those? We will deliver those on November 8th on their reserve weekend. Oh, okay, great. All right, so Daniel started Team Fidelis about six years ago after, um, you go ahead and tell the story. Yeah, so uh, I was um, medically discharged from the Marine Corps for post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, and I struggled with some suicidal ideation of my own mm-hmm. and, you know, had some mental health issues. And what I did find out is the more that I went through those and I was coming out of that, when I talked to my brothers and sisters, I felt better, and they felt better, and I realized that that was my calling, and really just kind of blossomed from there. So when you talk about your brothers and sisters, for folks out there, it's a camaraderie, you know, being in the service, serving your country, uh, fighting for our freedom, just being there. So this is your brother and sister, you know, who have all served with you. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. It's those, it's those uh, individuals who have served. The military has a very... Um, different connections to each other because we all go through the same thing, whether, you know, we're wearing an Air Force uniform, we're wearing a Marine Corps uniform, the military culture itself is the same. And so you just have this instant bond with people you don't know that you never met before that might be 80 years old or might just have gotten in at 21. It's all the same still. Now talk about your service. So I spent 10 years in the Marine Corps. I was a combat engineer. uh, So we blew things up. Uh, and so I was part of a minefield um, breach team during Operation Desert Storm. So it was our responsibility to make a hole in the minefield so that we could go liberate Kuwait. Oh, my gosh. What a stressful time. Uh, it was very stressful. I, you know, and certain things stick out with you. Uh, I was young at that time. Obviously, I had just joined the Marine Corps. And the night before we left, My company commander, he stood up in front of all of us. He pulled out a K-bar knife, so it's a big, it's a Marine Corps knife. He pointed at the knife, and he said, this is the Marine Corps. And then he pointed at the very tip. He goes, this is you. Go write your last letters home. Uh, Really? Yeah, so at at 19 years old, I'm writing a letter to my mom telling her, you know, this is comforting her, letting her know this is what I wanted to do. This is where I'm supposed to be at. And then writing to, you know, my, you know, seven-year-old brother that you're now the man of the house if I don't come home and you got to take care of mom. Mm. Gosh. And thank goodness you didn't have to hand that letter in, huh? Absolutely. I was surrounded by a lot of good Marines. Made sure we all got home together. 
Oh, that's wonderful. All right, so coming back, how common is it for people to come home and, and have PTSD? It's actually rather common. Um, you know, and just and really, you know, whether it's PTSD or they have a TBI, the readjustment alone from a military lifestyle to the civilian lifestyle is a hard it's a hard switch. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you spend three year, three months in boot camp, right, teaching you to be a warrior. Then you go to your school, and then you spend the next four years of your life being this warrior, and then you get, you do get two weeks of transition in your home, and you're like, okay, thanks for the last four years that we just drilled it into you to be a, mm-hmm. to be a Marine. Now you got two weeks, and you're going to be a civilian. So good luck. Ah, oh, so this uh, Team Fidelis came out of your experience thinking, all right, I got to help these people because I feel better helping them, but you know what they're going through, you know, and that's why you wanted to do this. So kind of explain what Team Fidelis does. So what we do is we prevent suicide among service members, veterans, and their family. And we do that by raising awareness about suicide, that we lose 20 veterans to suicide uh, every day. Mm. And we, we kind of let people know, here's how you can help. We provide a bridge of hope. So, you know, we're that connection to, I'm struggling. I don't know what to do. Well, you know what? I've been there. I've done that. Let me show you how, we, how you can walk through this journey. And then the last piece is that camaraderie. Because when you come back, uh, to you know the civilian world, you come back to Kansas City. That bond isn't the same with the people that you meet now because you don't have that shared history or that shared background. Mm-hmm. So your motto, Team Fidelis's motto. Yeah. So Team Fidelis means uh, so Fidelis is Latin for faithful, and it's part of the Marine Corps motto, Semper Fidelis, meaning always faithful. And so when we started this organization. Um, Fidelis, we just, it made sense. They were going to be faithful to those who have served and that we're going to always be there for them. Oh. So the other day when we were doing our live shot, you were putting together some fabulous packets for these folks. Kind of explain what goes into these packets and how you're able to fund these. Sure. So that what we have is what we call our mental health impact kits. And we deliver these normally to hospitalized veterans because when you're in the hospital, you're alone, you're struggling, and we include things that will help them and maybe give them some coping uh, ideals and some resources. So there's a journal inside there. There's a coloring book with coloring pencils, a Sudoku or crossword, um, a stress ball, uh, and then contact information from us. And then most importantly, there's actually a handwritten letter from a member of the community, you know, just saying, hey, keep up the good work or whatever inspirational thing that they want to say to that person. And that really, I think, has been the biggest impact on our veterans because showing that somebody actually cares. I think so. And, you know, after we had that live shot, um, there was a young lady who got in touch with us. I don't know if you if you heard from her, but uh, she got a hold of me and Nick and said, of course, Nick Vassos is on your board of Team Fidelis. She said that uh, she wanted to get involved with writing those letters, so I don't know if her organization. Did you ever hear from anybody? Actually, yeah, we got quite a few uh, uh, emails uh, from the show, and people asking, how do I get involved? I, got, I actually got a female veteran who said, I just saw what happened on there. I just moved to this area. I don't know anybody, and I'm so thankful. And so she's going to come out. She signed up to join our team, and she's going to come start participating with us. Oh, that's fabulous. See, the connections. That's great. That's great. Okay, so you you are 100% volunteer. Talk about who's volunteering. I know your daughter helps out. Yeah, so it's really the community at large. So we have other veterans uh, who, who work on our leadership team. We have civilians. We, we take everybody because it's about 
you know, the community, and we want to reintegrate these veterans back into the community so everybody can come out and volunteer. Everybody in our organization is a volunteer from me on down so no one gets a paycheck. So all the money really goes back to what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have no overhead or anything like that. So it's, it's, it's an amazing uh, kind of organization in that aspect. I mean, so these simple packets, these mental health packets, these mental, um, they help the folks, um, what, with anxiety? Tell us about that. Yeah, so, you know, obviously I had spent time in the hospital. Actually, when I was, you know, I spent a couple of months when I was being uh, medically discharged in the hospital. And you get bored and, you know, it's a hospital setting. And, you know, if you really become, if you're there too long, you become institutionalized. So this is a, a way for you, like, Hey, here's something to do to keep your mind off of being in a hospital because it's a kind of a, just a rote routine, mm-hmm. you know. And so uh, it gives them a, a break from that. And then also it connects them to us. So when they're out of the hospital and they're feeling better and they're like, I don't know what to do now, we're that warm handoff from the hospital. To say, hey, come with us. We're going to go do some stuff. You want to come out? Let's go do this. Mm, gosh. So they're able to not just be thrown out and not thrown out in the cold, but they would feel that way, and then you're there to kind of help them pick up the pieces. Absolutely. So, you know, especially with a lot of our guys who, and gals who have substance abuse uh, disorders. So, you know, I actually took um, one of our veterans uh, who's who having issues. Uh, we went out to the Kansas Speedway, and we actually got him uh, on the on the road, and they were, took off the um, the nuts off of the, the lug nuts off of the tire, and they handed it to him, and they were hot. And he just steered up and he looked at me and I said, this is what happens when you're sober. This is the life that you can live. And he was like, oh, my God. And he's been clean ever since. <gasps> oh, my gosh. That's fabulous. Fabulous. Okay, so if people want to get a hold of your organization, what's the best way? Uh, we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. But probably the best is teamfidelis.org. You can go out there. We have a, You can sign up to be a part of the team. Again, it doesn't cost anything to be a part of the team. Uh, you can be a civilian, any era uh, veteran. Mm-hmm. And um, just come out to whatever events we're doing and be part of it. And, Daniel, why do this? I mean, you could be spending your time doing other things. Why? You know, I think it's for me, to, it's my calling, and it's me to give back to my brothers and sisters because I don't, I struggled a lot. And I don't want anybody to have to go through those struggles trying to find their way. Mm-hmm. And if I can alleviate that, man, it, it, I, I know in my heart it makes such an impact when someone can look at you and talk to you and be like, Oh, you're, you're feeling this way, and you're doing this, and, you, and you're like, I'm not alone. Like, you're not alone. Aww. And not being alone is amazing. You're on part of the team, Team Fidelis. Daniel Brazil, thank you so very, very much. Thank you, Kathy. And then what did the Marines say? Hoorah. So, hoorah. There you go. <laughs> All right, honey. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Kathy. Okay, we got more in the way. Stay with us. Hang on, there's more on the way with Kathy Quinn and Casey Forum. If you're just tuning in, this is my podcast. I'm Kathy Quinn from Fox 4, and it's called Casey Forum. Public affairs with an entertaining spin. And to entertain you now is Amber from The Beast and the Edge of Hell. Amber, my goodness, how are you? I am doing great. Um, it's You know, it's been a scary, crazy year, but we have <laughs> continued to just scream right through it. 
and everybody's been masking up, and so we are just so thankful uh, to everyone who has come down and still participated and enjoyed these haunted attractions, 30 Years for the Beast, number 46 for the Edge of Hell. Um, And we, we, you know, we had a lot of fans that did say they missed the macabre cinema this year. We did not open Mm -hmm. uh, that particular attraction. But um, you know what? Just happy to have a little bit of normal um, aspect. And um, it's always exciting to hear the screams, but followed by (laughs) laughter. I mean, you've lived this year round. It's hilarious. I I love it. And every year there's something different. Yes, yes. You know what? I think what is so interesting, and, and I always want to point this out because I'm the national spokesperson for the haunt industry across the country. There's been a lot of haunts, of course, that have closed and not been able um, to open and survive. And I think oh. it's an interesting fact that we are the oldest commercial haunted attractions in the United States and continue to try and survive and provide quality and safe entertainment to Kansas City and all of our fans that come in from all over. So a very unique year, but mm-hmm. yes, it takes all year to prepare. And I think that also people don't realize the amount of hard work that it takes, but also from the actors in order to repeat and perform multiple hundreds of times a night um, all through the night. So you really got to be physical and, and able to do that. And you got to be good at it. Scaring isn't easy. <laughs> I know it. Okay. So for folks that are, are just tuning in, if you haven't heard of either the beast or the edge of hell, then I don't know where you've been for all these years, um, down in the West bottoms and the actors. Okay. So I love the rat brat and the rat man. Of course, everybody knows the Ratman for years and years and years and years. And every year you just keep uh, getting more and more, um, how can I say, uh, bigger and bigger. And I mean, it's great. Now, where can they well, look? Well, I, I do think, I mean, one of the things to definitely talk about is from when we first began in 1975 to 2020, the biggest change, not only in haunted attractions, but in our life in general, has been technology. And of course, our Uh. entertainment has come along right with that. So the massive amount of electronics and how it has all changed from when we used to, you know, decorate with dead flowers to today where you're walking into a room, breaking a laser beam, and everything is programmed down to the millisecond. That is huge change. And look how it's even um, moved us forward in light speed in our work now just in this year alone with COVID and how yeah. we're not only listening to music, but how we're interacting with our family and friends. And so I think the haunted attractions being open again, we are so thankful um, is really also about still having that human touch and that adrenaline rush. Oh my gosh. Yes, absolutely. Now we did a live shot with you all, um, a couple of live shots. And it was really nice to meet some of the main characters and to go into the haunted house. I mean, it's haunted building. It's 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 huge. When people, you know what I'm <laughs> well, saying. Well, I will say now I've not encountered. I create ghosts, so I I have to <laughs> tell you they're more like angels to me. But I do have a lot of employees in all these years past. That what is interesting is all the stories are the same about what they've experienced inside. Really? So it does make you stop and pause. And yes, Ratman, he is just a national icon um, <laughs> in what he in what he has created, absolutely. And it's so much fun, you know. Now with the Rat Brat, 
I call them the the Rat Pack mm-hmm. um, because <laughs> it is a family affair, and that's what we are here at Filming Productions with my grandmother and mother and my uncle starting this so many years ago. And to have characters like that, uh, Ratman has worked for us since he was 15 years old. Come on, you're kidding yep. me! Oh my goodness! Nope. All right, let's go back. Let's go back, 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 back. Start in the Ozarks. You all, your family comes from the Ozarks, and how did you get to Kansas City and you know, performing the way you do? Yeah, so um, my family really very creative and theatrical, and we had an outdoor theater called Summer's Moon Glow Theater, Mm -hmm. and they just did spectacular outdoor plays, and we always had animals involved. My horses always participated in whatever play we were doing. Um, You know, Grandpa's cows would come down the hill and stand (laughs) for Jack and the Beanstalk's opening theme, and we were doing that. And it was beautiful and wonderful. But that was before Lake of the Ozarks really had any type of population. It wasn't a destination at that point. You were lucky if the grocery store was open in the winter. And so they got into debt, and they had to figure out a way to get out. And so their idea was to get to a bigger stage, so to speak, Uh and that was Kansas City, and to kind of work with the season. So when you look at today – You have a lot of the theme parks and the zoos. And nationally, Halloween has just skyrocketed, not only with costumes and the trick-or-treating and candy, but it's also become very popular for zoos and a way for them, like Mm -hmm. the, the amusement parks, to extend their seasons. So my family began doing that by doing the outdoor theater at Lake of the Ozarks and then trying their hand in creating the first haunted attractions. And so, you know... Um, they're pretty amazing. And so that's what our legacy has been. And I was five years old and I performed and acted in every spot. And then I was three when they started the theater. Um, so I've been performing for a very long time, but it's also about, it's also about the business. And I think what we have done is we came into this area, especially the West Bottoms, when we moved from 7th and Wyandotte back in 1987, opened in the West Bottoms in 1988. And people think, oh, wow, you know, you got this cool job. You're only open 30 days a year. (laughs) And that's not what we've been doing. It takes all year to prepare, but we also have bled for this community and fought for infrastructure and money to be put back in to revitalize this area. And we're very proud of the historic West Bottoms. And you are, um, gosh, just a part of the West Bottom, such a tradition. As you mentioned, where do people come? How far away do they come to the haunted houses every year? Oh, I mean, prior to COVID, Kathy, it's nationally. It's from all over the wow. world. And, you know, Medusa, we, we talked about animals, and we've always used animals in all of our shows. Um, but one of the biggest draws, of course, has been Medusa, who has the Guinness Book of World Records as the largest living snake in captivity. And I have to tell you, um, <laughs> the folks in Japan are absolutely fascinated with her. And they have flown over here multiple, multiple times to film with her. And they are just comedians have been over mm. and famous uh, people. And it's really interesting, especially that that delay when I'm trying to talk to them and we talk about kiss in the hip, they really get a kick out of that. <laughs> talk about Medusa though. I mean, people, if you want to go online and look at Medusa, is she's incredible. Yeah, you can, um, you can Google the world's largest, the T H E world's largest snake.com. And, and you'll see when a video about when she won the world record and how she comes out. And, 
you know, that girl, she's, there's really something unique about her, not only in the fact that I'm able to describe to you a personality that a snake has. Mm -hmm. I know that seems odd to Mm -hmm. most. Um, And what we're doing, of course, when you look at a live animal, it, it provokes uh, what we're working with, which is your fears and phobias. And a lot of people have a fear of snakes, right? Mm-hmm. As well they should. <laughs> and so that's what it's all about. It's about tricking the mind. And each one of these haunted attractions, they have remained the same theme. But the elements, the actors, the spirits, the new, um, like for instance, when the beast was born in 1991, the whole opening scene was about a southern Louisiana mansion where they had all died. And died during ballroom dancing, and we had these ballroom dancers that went all through. And several years back, I started researching all the work, actually, from the infrastructure standpoint that they were doing in the rebuild of Baton, from Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. And um, so I went down there and did a lot of research and studying. And if you look back in history, that's really where we find a lot of our ideas. And so that's when we kind of moved it into a whole voodoo aspect of what this was like, and it just fit in perfectly. So these are the types of changes and nuances, but the themes remain the same because we believe that it's all about putting your mind into a different dimension, and it's about creating that path. So at our attractions, you're not going to go from a silly clown scene to a doctor scene Mm -hmm. to something bloody and gory. We are all about family entertainment and the haunting level and really working with your five senses. And that's the smells. We infuse smells into the scenes. We use heat. We use cold. We change what you're walking on. So like in the uh, swamp, you're walking on actual sand to give you that feel of what is unique about the experience. And then the lights as well. I know. Oh, gosh, yes. They mean so much. The lights, huge. Yeah, lighting is huge in haunted attractions because – You're working with a lot of details, and you want to highlight that, but you also have to work with light and dark. And the flashes of light um, really can give that blinding spot just for a moment for that character to come out and catch you by surprise. Oh, so wonderful. Okay, so what I love about it, too, is um, how everybody, obviously, they're they're so into character because that is them. You know, they are in, they are in their element and yes 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 and everyone has to audition they all have to audition for their spot so it's a little bit like picture it like the harry potter where they we have these these magnificent different houses and you're looking at someone's um structure and how they perform and kind of what they look like and you're putting those hats on them and you divide them into the different haunted attraction Mm -hmm. and then you narrow down to that actual character and a lot of them come in um, and they have something special that they want to show. Maybe un- a unique trick. I love that. Um, <laughs> the fire girl. Really I love the fire. Trick. How about the fire girl? I love her. Oh, my gosh. She is so talented, and she has worked with us for a very long time and practices all the time in the off season. And she also uh, works with us in regards to um, running our escape games that we now have here at the beach, which they're so much fun and original work. That is so wonderful. Um, the new things this year, let's talk about your horsey. Now, you mentioned earlier that your your animals, your horses were sometimes in the earlier part in the Ozarks, and now you have a fabulous horse, but the story is just, I love it. Go ahead. 
Well, yes. And, and so I grew up on a farm and we always had horses and they performed in the Summers Moongla Theater. And then I went on and competed in rodeos and AQH training for years during um, high school and college. And those horses that I used for show then became the steeds for here in the West Bottoms for the Headless Horsemen. And they were just magnificent. And they were so well-trained that, like, when we would film the Travel Channel when they come in or um, Good Morning America, I would actually bring the horses in in the morning and put them live in the scenes of the haunted houses. So the beast is inside, which is so fascinating, inside the old John Deere building. So all the tractors used to be manufactured here. So the big um, elevators are massive and can hold a lot of weight. So you just put a ramp, here'd come my horse, go into the elevator, you know, go up three floors, get off, go out into the castle. (laughs) And they, for horses to do that is, is really amazing. And they were always so good and so easy. And I never had to worry about them in regards to the public who sometimes don't know what it's like to be around an animal, especially here in the urban core. And so it was also an educational part for me. And then we also had a young man who had worked for us when we, um, when when he was in high school. Then he did two tours in Iraq, and he came back and he had PTSD. Mm. And I worked years with him, taught him to ride, and she, my horses were therapy for him, and yes. I was so proud of that. And he really enjoyed it. Um, due to age, they both passed, and I, I mm. it just broke my heart, and I. Everyone would say, well, just get another one, Amber. It'll be all right. But you don't Mm -hmm. have the same time. I have four kids now. Mm -hmm. I didn't have the time to train a new horse to come and be in an environment where people are running and screaming and werewolves and the house (laughs) and the trains and the airplanes and everything's flying by. These take special animals to do that. And it takes trust. And so I just never felt like I'd find that again. And my birthday's in September, and I... I just kept having this feeling that I needed to find my new love to be in the show. And everyone would say, where's the Headless Horseman at the Beast? We missed them. Uh And I missed them, too. And so I started watching these kill pins, which were very hard. And there were Mm -hmm. days that I just couldn't even look at it. I just had to just not look. You just had to swipe and go on. You couldn't even look at the pictures. It was so horrifying. And I became more educated about the kill pins, about our transport system in regards to within the states and also what's happening um, in Mexico and being sold for food mm. and um, and how our lives have changed, right? Again, technology. Right. Our horsepower now is trucks, and it's not the animals at that level. And um, it always just kind of tugged at my heart. And mm. so I don't know. One day I woke up, and for whatever day I said – this is the day. I just need to go. I just My birthday was right then, and I was like, you know what? It's my birthday. I think I'll just go. And so to the, made a Wait a minute, though. To, but you, went, you were going to yeah. the kill pen, which was two hours away, and that was one yeah. in the morning, and you needed to catch a flight at 730. Let's put yeah, that in there. <laughs> I, I did put some really tight um, time restrictions on myself with my husband. <laughs> my husband is a very ETA man, and I'm not. Mm. <laughs> and so... The thought that I would just randomly drive somewhere two hours away in Texas where I have no idea where I'm going and still need to get back on a plane and get to Kansas City was a bit frightening to most. (laughs) (laughs) But you're, hey, you're, you're the queen of haunts, you know. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. 
So I took one of my twin sons and I said, would you go? And he said, yes. But on the way, I had to explain what we were going to see. And, you know, we deal with the fun of scary, but there's lots of things in life that mm-hmm. are scary that mm-hmm. aren't so much fun. And um, so this was something that, you know, you have to talk about all the time, especially taking um, a young man into a situation that's not seen something like that before for any child or just any human can yeah. struggle. So um, we got there and a horse that I had seen online, um, it was his last day. And, um, and we got there and he was, he was very ill. He was not well, um, which is not something you can see on the pictures. You have to go and you have to look, um, and you have to make those hard decisions. Mm. And all of a sudden I, we were pretty teary about that one. Um, it's a very hard thing Uh to know that that's not going to work out. And we turned and I saw this mare by herself. And so I went to the man and I said, you know, what's up with this one right here? And he goes, oh, that one's not available. She just got here. She, I haven't, I haven't processed her yet. And I said, well, can we speed that process up? Mm-hmm. And he goes, well, you can go, you can go look at her if you want to. And so Drake, my son and I, we did, and our hearts just connected with <gasps> her immediately. Oh my gosh. And, um, what I noticed was when we went in, she always turned to face us and, she always greeted um, walking to her when you walked away. And it's something that I've picked up on her there, but I've seen it again happen here. Ah. She is so calm and docile, and she, um, but when something is moving, she just wants to turn and face it. And once she sees it, it, there's never a flinch. So out here in front of the beast, you know, she then went in, we got her. She then went into quarantine mm-hmm. um, for two weeks, which is what you have to do. They face a lot of adversity in regards to diseases when mm-hmm. they're in the kill pen situation because they're put with a lot of sick animals, um, and they can also become uh-huh. very sick in transport or injured. Yeah. And so she went into quarantine, and then she, she I had a friend who helped me with her. He uh, then traveled her in from Texas to Kansas City, and the first night— um, you know, airbrushing is beautiful, but it hisses. And I wondered if that would bother her. Uh-huh. That girl stood in her stall, got her whole body airbrushed like a skeleton. <laughs> and the poor gr- it almost put her to sleep. The girl got her head so low, she about fell down. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. And I went, you, you are the horse for me. You have oh. what I have been looking for to bring back, to help educate and to bring joy. And she has only been here for a couple weeks. And Kathy, she has brought so much joy to so many outside already in her ability to communicate love. And in this type of year, yeah, we're looking to have some screams and laughter, but I think it's also a silver lining. And I think the animals know. I think they know. I think she knew how close she was, and I think she is so happy to be here and and greet people. And I have a lovely lady um, who has a little 10 acres out in Olathe and um, she donated her pasture for blueberry. And I would say it's 
the first time the girl has been in a pasture for a long, long time. Aww. And so, so she, when we were going to do our lot. She and kicked and <laughs> ran, and um, it was pretty joyful to see. What's funny is we were going to do our live shot and have the horse with us, and you couldn't bring her in. She was too happy. <laughs> yeah. That's so cute. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. She decided she'd wait a minute to get hauled back into downtown. But this horse, um, she's been stalled down here. We have walked all over the West Bottom. When she met the wolf, the big werewolf, mm-hmm. she and thought he was okay. And then he chased uh, screaming young girls and young men all over the West Bottoms, and she just <sighs> turn and look and kind of give a wink and um, and not respond in any type of a reaction whatsoever. Gosh. So wherever she was prior, whether it was a, a loving family, we hope, or, um, or maybe she performed in shows, we don't know. Mm-hmm. But she is very um, accustomed to a lot of unique things. And that's what I felt about her right away um, funny. at the Gosh. kill pen, because there's a lot of noise. Mm-hmm. at the kill pen and a lot of moving machinery mm. and it scares most of the horses and she never flinched gosh you found her you found her i we're- found her <laughs> yes and so we're um we're super excited to have her back and she's become an acclimated this season and then by next season she um she will be trained Perfect. um and will be able to have a headless horseman and speaking of the seasons so Yes, you're going to be open for Halloween, obviously, and then the weekend after because? Well, that's always the first Friday weekend, which is Festival of the Full Moon. The Haunted Attractions (sighs) will be open those final two days. And we will be celebrating what we call Blessings in the Bottoms. We're going to be giving away Friendsgiving, so check out westbottoms.com and our Facebook pages because you can win Friendsgiving for up three of them for up to 10 people each. We're going to have turkey bowling and Blueberry (laughs) is going to appear as the Indian war horse among the pilgrims. Very good. Amber, you're so good and just hilarious. It's wonderful. If you all (laughs) haven't been down to the haunted houses, if you haven't, and you know, want to go see Blueberry too. Amber, Full Moon Productions, and it is just a, a fabulous time for the family. Um, I love it. Uh, It's strange and it's wonderful and we wish you well and thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Oh, absolutely. Thank you, Kathy, always. And remember, screams and laughter. Hang on. There's more on the way (laughs) with Kathy Quinn and Casey Forum. So if you're tuning in right now, you are listening to my podcast, KC Forum, and we are going to talk to a couple of angels. Yes, Angels, Martin and Jay Linda, and you may have seen them. If you go to Fox 4's website, they were one of our Pay It Forward recipients, and it was such a pleasure to meet the two of you. And the reason they call you angels is because, well, you just give to the community. You don't have to. And you just do it out of your heart. I mean, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much for having us. So we think you're an angel. Oh, no, you know what? I just love what I do because I'm able to meet people like you, you know, well-kept secrets because you're not there announcing anything and you're not getting anything out of this except the love from the people, really, truly. Wouldn't you say, Jay Linda? That is exactly true. I get such joy 
and now have such a found purpose because these people can't disappoint me. They don't expect anything. Everything we give to them is something that they need, and they are so appreciative. And I have found that my heart is just filled with joy Mm. with giving to others. Okay, so Martin, why don't you tell me the story on how you all got involved with Wyandotte Angels? And it's obviously because Wyandotte County, Kansas. Well, uh, yes, uh, we used to uh, volunteer with different uh, organizations and uh, giving, uh, you know, food away during the, uh, 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 the summer, the food pantries and all that. So we were sitting down one day and uh, we were thinking, you know, these people are still hungry. This is not enough. So Jalinda came up with this idea, and she was going to put it out there for our friends. We were expecting, you know, 40, 50 friends at Mm -hmm. the most. And I said, well, let's not make it an idea. Let's just make it a group. Let's make it happen. And whoever wants to join and help us out, they're more than welcome to. So, you know, two and a half months later, we have 1,200 members. Oh, 1,200 mm. angels. Wow. Well, the last time when I was there, um, three weeks ago, it wasn't that many. So it's growing. Oh, yes. It has grown tremendously, especially after the uh, TV appearance. Gosh, that's great. You know, you get the word out. So when we were in your home, you have closets upstairs for clothing. You have closets for diapers. You have food in your cupboards. I mean, this is part of your life. I mean, this is not just... So what we're talking about, Wyandotte Angels, obviously this group of angels in the community trying to help people, especially during the time of, of COVID-19. Um, gosh, and it's not... How many months now are you going? How many months? Uh, we're... Uh, uh, close to three months now. Oh, how many people do you think you've you've possibly helped? How many families, just roughly? We, when we started this, like Martin said, we thought maybe we'd have forty people. Now we have over twelve hundred angels. We thought maybe we could help a couple families a month. Mm-hmm. As of now, we have probably helped over seven hundred people. <sighs> wow. Wow. Uh, tell we me. have fed people. We have clothed people. We have clothed babies. We have helped the elderly. We have uh, given them hygiene products. Do you know what a warm pair of socks means to a person that doesn't have them? Mm-hmm. It means a lot. It's the world. How do they get in touch with you, and how do you find out about them? Well, we get many different types of referrals, so we don't put out our, because uh, we're running Angels Headquarters out of our house, mm-hmm. and we are both involved in the criminal justice system. So we just made this a grassroots group out of, um, and we do it on Facebook, and then we have a wine.angels at yahoo.com email, and so they can reach out on Facebook, or they can reach out on email, but we have networked. People have come to us wanting to work with us. We are working with school districts. We are working with churches. We are working with um, police departments. So many. It's just almost God sent mm. how we get the referrals to the people that are in need the most. When I and was... the thing. Go ahead. The thing with us, Kathy, is that. We don't ask any questions. They don't have to provide proof of income. 
identification, anything like that. Now, we do prefer that we serve only Wyandotte County residents, and that's just because the need in Wyandotte County is absolutely so immense. Yeah. And Martin and I both know the county very well. Yes, yes, yes. And, and you know... Yeah, the need definitely, especially now with the, you know, the pandemic and everything, people losing their jobs. And I know when I was at your house, so we paid it forward. If you look on Fox 4's website, fox4kc.com, you can pull it up under pay it forward and see the story. There was a young lady, I believe she was a single mom looking for diapers and I can't remember everything else, but you were able to give her, I think you, I think you may have helped her with her rent um, I can't remember, but you were helping her find a place to live, I believe. And you never know. You never know what people need. Well, here is the one thing that differentiates us a little bit is that we do not accept any cash. We do not accept any cash donations or PayPal or any cash app or anything like that. We are purely donations from people all around the United States now that want to give. We are not a 501 B3, uh-huh. and um, so we don't, we can't help with rent and stuff, but we have helped many people furnish their apartments. I think that's what it was. To, I think that's what yeah, it was. We yeah, we furnish them, and one of our amazing blessings is that one of our new moms needed diapers, and we were just out of that size at the time, and a contact from one of the agencies in Wyandotte County reached out to us and said, we can bring you a month's worth supply of diapers. Oh, my. And that's what they did. Wow. What we do, mm-hmm. we help people survive. We provide the things that they need to survive day by day. And, you know, Food, sometimes, and, and, you know, isn't it, Martin, it's some, I mean, that's sometimes it just takes that so they can get over the hump and then, then, you know, find a job or or have the kids get to school not hungry, that type of thing. So it just helps fill in that gap. Yes, yes. We've seen people cry, drop on their knees, uh, on their knees on the floor and cry just because they're so thankful, so appreciative. But you know what? This doesn't happen without all the angels behind us, without mm-hmm. all the supporters. They are making it happen. We became the face of it. When we have an army of people mm. that believe in this, that wanted to help, that wanted to provide for all these people in need. Without them, this will not happen. And the thing with us is it's not sitting in our on our shelves. When we get the donations that come in, we process them in, and we put them right back out the door into the community as fast as we can. And Martin and I have been doing a lot of running around town doing <laughs> deliveries. But as of today, we have angels arriving to help us make deliveries. Great, 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 great. All right, if people out there say, hey, I'd like to get involved, I'd like to help, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Wyandotte Angels on Facebook or Angels at yahoo.com. And when I said to you that day, so... The, the people who paid it forward that day, uh, it was a woman and her nephew. And it, you said the nephew is almost like your son, like another son. And you've known him for a while. He is. And you, you, got, you guys helped him get through his teenage years. And, and he's a lovely young man now, married and everything. Um, they wanted to pay it forward. And it was, we, we kind of surprised you and shocked you. So you were, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry about that. I still feel badly about that. Uh, 
So the 300 you said at the time, Martin said, were, or you said, we're going to the grocery store right now. I mean, you didn't even want that. No, we, we did. We, we turned back around and all the money, we used it already. And it went back into the community, our community. We were able to provide fresh fruit, vegetables, um, milk, eggs, meat. Gosh. Well, you know, we have been blessed to have what we need. Mm-hmm. And we are okay. So, you know, because of the work that we do, we see the need out in our community. So to us, it, it was it was gut sent. You know the the four hundred dollars, so it went right back into the community, and we are very thankful for that. Very thankful. Aww. Thank you guys so very. Oh much. no no, thank you to to the young lady who, you know, nominated you. She was so excited and so nervous. I'll just have Brenda you know. Bush is an angel before we ever <laughs> invented angels. Yes, <laughs> isn't that something? She was great. Well, it's been a pleasure to talk to my two Wyandotte angels and. Give all those other angels a big hug, and hopefully you get some phone calls, you get some, you know, emails, and uh, get some more help and get, you know, the help to people. And hopefully we're going to get back to normalcy soon. So get people back to work, and, oh, let's just keep praying, huh? <laughs> yes. yes. One last thing, Kathy, yes, honey. I would like to say, if you could get it out there, yep. is that we have um, devised a Wyandotte County Keep Wyandotte Warm event, and it's next Saturday, November 7th mm-hmm. at 9 o'clock. And we are pairing with um, a pantry, Hope Pantry, and they are going to distribute food, and we will be distributing warm coats, jackets, blankets to all uh, sizes. And it's at Giving Hope Food Pantry at 6640 State Avenue. 6640 State Avenue. Excellent. And it's a drive through so the, the recipients don't even have to get out of their cars. They just drive through they'll tell us what we need and we will send them away with food in their in their car and warm clothing oh you guys are wonderful thank you so very much it was such a pleasure to meet you thank, thank you, you. all right thank you Wyandotte angels Bye. all right so that is podcast number five in the can I'm Kathy Quinn, Fox 4. Thank you so much for uh, allowing me to do this podcast and I'd like to thank uh, KQKC That is Broadcasting Music and Educational Foundation who helps us with our equipment. Uh, They're a 501c3. Also, Katie Connors, our executive producer. Andrina Byrne, associate producer. And, of course, uh, the elders who allow us to use their music for um, our bumper music. And um, speaking of the elders, I know I've talked about it before. Uh, They're going to be doing a new CD. They also have... um, specials for Christmas. So go to eldersmusic.com. Really cool stuff. And then uh, we're going to end the show today. As you know, Steve Phillips, a guitarist with the band, uh, no longer with us, but you know what? His, uh, his spirit is still with us. And uh, many of his friends obviously miss him terribly. And many are musicians like Kean Byrne from the Elders, who's written a song. It's called My Friend. You can actually see the video. It was edited by uh, photojournalist John Hyduke. You can check it out on Bandcamp. It's called My Friend by Kean Byrne. Until next time, see ya.
time. 